Good morning and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am Arch Hunter, the host of the program. Our American Heritage is a program where you explore in depth the American experience from its beginning to the present. And today we want to welcome back as one of our very special guests, Nicole Duran. Nicole, welcome and thank you for coming back and sharing with our listeners. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's so wonderful to have you back. In our first program, Nicole, you were talking about your experience with John Adams Academy. So if someone didn't happen to listen to the first program, listeners, you need to go back and listen on the podcast. So Nicole, share with our listeners, please, a little bit about your educational background and what got you to the John Adams Academy in California. Yeah. So I went to college in Sonoma State, which is just out of the wine country, Napa. And I did a lot of Socratic seminars within that. And when I was looking for jobs in California, I interviewed with a different school district who said, you know, you might be a better fit for John Adams Academy. And when I looked into their mission and vision and their core values, I knew that it was a place that I could call home. And how long have you been an educator, administrator at John Adams Academy? I've been with the Academy. This is my 10th year. And I've been on the administration side for three years now. And the Academy listeners started in 2011. So you joined John Adams Academy in its early stages. I sure did. Yes. We were actually all in the same building, the TK through 12 when I started, which was really fun. (laughs) And so share with our listeners, that was one building. And how many buildings do you have now and how many campuses and how many students that are now John Adams Academy? We currently have three in-person academies in our surrounding area, about an hour from each other, and then one online academy. And at our Roseville Academy for our TK through 12, we have about 1,500 scholars, and our other campuses are either at that capacity or growing to that capacity. What is the process that a student family goes through for their children to be able to be students at John Adams Academy? So if you start into our TK or kinder program, it is a lottery. We do have a lot of families who are hoping to get in, and we are hoping to open more academies to reach more families. And if scholars are interested in coming after TK or kinder, we do have a wait list. It is a a long wait list, but we are welcoming scholars every year to our academy, which has been a blessing. And so the John Adams Academy Charter School is growing very quickly in California as a lot of parents are becoming very aware of and cautious of what their children are receiving in the public school system. Is that correct? Yes, we do get a lot of families that have some concerns and and we try to be very mindful of public schools. There are some wonderful public schools around us. Absolutely. Um, Yes, but families might they might just see that our values align with their family values mm-hmm. more or a mission and vision. And again, with that restoring America's heritage, we have a lot of military families, police background families who just really appreciate what we stand for here. Mm-hmm. And listeners, I'm not purposely trying to bash the public school system because I'm a product of the public school system and I taught in the public school system and our sons went through public school, but with a very cautious eye from mom and dad about what they're being taught and what, what they're learning. So uh, there are a lot of awfully good public schools out there. There are a lot of wonderful public school teachers that I have been a great privilege of knowing and being part of and as colleagues over the years. But John Adams Academy really has stood out in my mind because of their values and the scholars and the educators that I've met along the way from the John Adams Academy. 
Dr. Foreman started the school with his wife in 2011. And Nicole, in our first show, we were talking about the mission statement. And you had just finished talking about what is American heritage and the uh, principle of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and how that is incorporated into the scholars' teaching, academic teaching. And so they can pass that on in the next generation and remain a free society. Another one of your values is the idea of liberty. What is that? How is that defined for the scholars and how is that brought into the classroom? Yes, that is such a unique thing. I think that looks different on the secondary side versus the elementary side. For secondary side, they're really looking at liberty um, as going into adulthood and what does that look like and really the importance of it and how some of us might take it for granted and really how we can't take those for granted. For our elementary side, we really combine liberty with that self-government says, yes, I'm going to give you the freedom to do this because I trust you to have self-governance to do it. And when they don't, we're modeling how liberty can look for the younger side of our scholars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And particularly, is it in the secondary side that you teach a lot on the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and the principles in our Constitution and how they need to be adhered to and protected so that these students, the younger ones, can not only live in this great privilege that we have, but also pass it on to the next generation? There's many discussions on our secondary side, but I know our fifth grade team here, one of our teachers actually was a part of their Freedoms Foundation trips too. They really dive into it too. And one of our really unique pieces of our academy is we have something called Memoria, and each grade level takes a different historical document to recite a part of. And so one of them is our Declaration of Independence. One of it could be the Bill of Rights. And they go through it. They understand it. Sometimes they diagram it that goes along with their grammar program. So it's not just here's this, you know, important piece. It is what does it mean? Let's have a discussion about it. How can we apply it to today? How are we not applying to it today? So we do start that early in um, elementary as well. I was listening to a podcast, Nicole, a couple of weeks ago from a constitutional professor from a huge university, and the question was asked to this professor, what, if there's one thing that you would love to teach to every student you've ever had, what is it? And this professor said, I would want to teach the Constitution because so many Americans just don't understand the Constitution. There's so many different values and different ideas that our Constitution is not being taught on a level that it's being understood Mm -hmm. any longer. And so how important that is to ingrain the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the separation of powers, justice under the law, all these things that our founders gave to us and how oftentimes they're just set aside for what people think or what they want to do. So. You know, how important that is that your school teaches that to the scholars from elementary school up. Yes. And we left a couple of that with, you know, where we came from. Why do we have these documents? Why was it so important? Who were the people that really fought for these freedoms? And if we're not going to fight for the freedoms, you know, who wins? Exactly. <laughs> so we're saying, yeah. you guys are the ones. Yeah. And I love in your statement where it says, the existence of an objective truth and the natural law which governs all humanity and how basic that is, but how deep that really is when you start to really think about that, how important that is that our founders 
believe that our rights came from us from from creator. So they're not given to us by an aristocrat. They're not given to us by a king or a queen or even a governing body. And so how important that is that you all are teaching that to the scholars from elementary school all the way through the high school level. And so big kudos for that. Talk to us about the self-governing citizens. What is it about John Adams Academy the where you emphasize that idea of self-governing citizens? What is that? What does it look like? And how do you teach that to the scholars? So again, it looks a little different elementary to secondary. Elementary is more of, you know, how to self-govern yourself. A lot of, you know, <laughs> basic on the younger, keeping your mm-hmm. hands to yourself. But in secondary, I had the opportunity in Pennsylvania to see the seniors too, and just to how they self-govern themselves in a group, in a meeting, how they came up with different roles, how to respect each other, speaking, how to respect those different opinions, and how to bring up, you know, those hard conversations, how to agree and disagree, all without adults telling them what to do. We had an adult, you know, with each group just to sure. be there, but really the adult step in. And so just to see them, you know, start at the elementary age of learning, you know, really what that is to secondary, really applying it and then hopefully out into the world. It's a really beautiful thing. And listeners, John Adams Academy was at Freedoms Foundation about a month ago, and I believe there the number is 68 scholars with the adults. And that large of a group, they were respectful, they were well-behaved, and they moved in organized ways. And it's very rare that I see students of that age be you know, that compliant with what needs to be done and how it needs to be done and when it needs to be done. So... I could, Nicole, just I could, from that alone, I could tell that these students are learning values from their educator that are going to be so valuable for them throughout their life. So it, it was a wonderful thing to see. Thank you. Oh. I think what was so fun was, you know, some schools go to Disneyland or things like this was their senior trip. And uh, we had a, a discussion at the end of it, you know, how did it go? What did you think? And you know, some of them, honestly, like, now it's a little hesitant to see more of an sure. um, educational trip, but they loved it. And I was like, wow, what a unique school to yeah, absolutely. <laughs> have your senior trip in Pennsylvania. So it was, it was pretty wonderful. And one of the young ladies came up to me, Nicole, and we were at Brandywine. I remember it was drizzling and it was raining and it was cold and we were inside and she came over to me. She looked down my leg and listeners, I have a few tattoo, a few tattoos. And one of them is the tattoo, I like Ike. Mm-hmm. And Nicole, she looked down, she she said, Alex, she said, I like Ike. I said, yes, yes. And she said, that's, that's President Eisenhower, isn't it? I said, yes, it is. And she looked at me with such big eyes. She said, well, did you vote for him? <laughs> and I said, well, I was a little young. I know I'm old now, but I was a little young to vote for General Eisenhower. But if I was the age group to have voted, yes, I would have voted for General Eisenhower. And she, oh, that's good. <laughs> what about uh, in your, your submission statement? Oh, what's it? You know, it's like, okay, I'm old. I'm old. And these kids probably think I'm 110, but that's okay. Good, but. Well, I just thought it was so, you know, in this very naive way, oh, did you vote for him? Well, I I was two, you know, so. <laughs> so talk about society. In your mission statement, what is it about society that you teach the scholars to move out when they graduate, move out into the world? 
Well, we want them to be free thinkers. And what we're noticing here in California and probably nationwide, a lot of our kids are tied to technology. A lot of things are just thrown at them, a lot of information, maybe not facts. And kids are starting to believe that. And mm-hmm. with the way that our world is going, that really, as a mom, terrifies me and it kind of terrifies our first educators. So we really put, you know, physical books in front of them. We put the classics in front of them. We put mm-hmm. in primary first documents. We have them learn cursive so that they can read historical documents. So we really want them to get back to our roots. We're not anti-technology. We're not against, you know, moving forward. But we really want to make sure that our national heritage really doesn't get lost in this generation. Yes, 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 yes. I realized, Nicole, many years ago that one of my first lessons in my war classes was I literally had to teach the students how to read a map because, and I'm not... I'm not criticizing technology, but everything now is in their fingers, and it's not always possibly that way. Something that I really love that that I've read about the school is, what is it to be a servant leader? So share with our listeners, please, the thinking and philosophy of the school and how they implement that in the scholars. That is one thing that really drove me to this academy. That's something I truly believe in. So a servant leader is someone who is dedicated to causes that is greater than self. And so we model that every day. We have just scholars, you know, opening doors for others. So anytime an adult or scholar, anyone comes by, you, you just open the door for them. And as a leader, we're in the classrooms, we're teaching, we're doing this stuff, showing them that it's not just about you and in society where a lot of people really think it's about them. You know, the TikToks with just their face on the screen. We're trying mm-hmm. to take that away of there's a whole nother world out there. And if you are a servant leader, you are going to make a difference. And it can be really small. You don't have to be a leader of a school. You don't have to be a leader of a nation, but you can be a leader in the classroom. You can be the leader in your family. You can be the leader on your soccer team. And it's not just about you. It's not doing it for the glory. It's not doing it for the fame. It's doing it because you need to help other people. Mm-hmm. Nicole, one of the biblical principles that Jesus tried to teach was even a cup of water given in my name, you know, and the value of a, a cup of water, what that is to show being a servant to other people and modeling that and humility. So it, it, it's a wonderful thing to see that. How do you restore the American heritage, Nicole? Because as you said, and I'm saying, and I see it all the time, we're getting bombarded on so many different levels, whether it's in the TV, newspapers, schools. We're seeing a lot of our heritage that we are now either leaving or trying to change in in a negative way. So how do you teach the American heritage to the scholars? There are three different ways. One is we try to reach each individual, one is in our educational system, and then one is in our society. So when they come to our academy, and they come from all over, right, it's not just our surrounding school. We have some scholars that drive an hour to school, Mm. because that's what their families really believe in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we restore it again, like we talked about our flag ceremony. I was shocked to hear that some schools around us, you know, they don't do that anymore. I mean, not even a flag ceremony, just the plunge. We have a full-blown flag ceremony every day. And the importance of it, it's not just, you know, we're here and we're we're saying the pledge. It's what does it mean to pledge yourself to something? What does our flag stand for? Why do we do this every day? Why do we sing the songs that we sing? They're all historical songs. What do those songs mean? Who were the people that wrote them? Why are they important? Why are they still around today? 
going back to those primary source documents, you know, taking those pieces and having our memoria pieces of not only memorizing them, but understanding truly like what were our founding fathers, what were these historical people trying to tell us. And the scholars are always shocked, like, wow, that kind of relates to what's happening today. And it's like, yes, <laughs> it is. You know, how do we move forward with it? And Nicole, we see that in so many of our founding fathers, what it was, what sacrifices did they make and demonstrate that being a servant in so many different ways, and so many of them lost so much of their families, their fortunes, their sacred honor to give us a government, to give us the self-government that we live under and the privilege that we have to live under this, this government. So it's a wonderful thing to see that. Share with our listeners, please, you have mentioned several times about the core values. What are, briefly, the core values of John Adams Academy? Oh, yes. Can I recite all 10 of them for you? You, Please do. Absolutely. (laughs) Our first one is appreciation of our national heritage, which I just think it's wonderful that's our number one. Our second one is public and private virtue. Mm -hmm. Number three is emphasis on mentors and classics. Number four is scholar-empowered learning. Number five is fostering creativity and entrepreneurial spirit. The next one is high standards of academic excellence. Modeling what we teach. Mm. Abundance mentality. Building a culture of greatness. And self-governance, personal responsibility, and accountability. And we need to have these core values to embed it into our lives and part of our character. So you see that uh, as when you have graduates come back, is there oftentimes an appreciation for the education they received at John Adams Academy when they go and see, well, you know, it's what's happening in other educational systems? Yes, we do hear back from some scholars. I heard back from one that I had in fifth grade, actually, recently this year, and he had moved um, to another state. And he was just kind of comparing. He goes, you know, I just wanted to thank you and the school for what I did. I didn't realize what I had when I was there. We actually have a lot of scholars that graduated from our academy that are currently working with our academy as aides. And some of them are on the path to become teachers because this academy um, really changed something inside them and they just want to be a part of something big. Yeah. A few years ago, I had a group of international students on a group, and I did a tour for them of Valley Forge. And one of the young ladies from a European country came over to me and she said, do you realize how privileged you are to live in a country that's free? And it's just, you know, it's like it brings tears to your eyes because we we have grown up and thinking the world is like us, where so much of the world is not. And how much embedded in me did, did that appreciation for who we are and what we are as Americans, not that we're better than anybody else, but this national heritage that we have been given by our founders to be able to have and use and live our lives in and promote to get passed on to an, the next generation. But what a privilege that is to be able to do that. Uh, you know, it's just, it's mine. It's just, it's so sobering to think about that. You mentioned the books. What are some of the books, the classics that you have the scholars read in the different grade levels, if you would mind sharing some of these classics with our listeners? Oh, sure. 
I think it's so fun. Sometimes we realize we're not even, or we don't even realize that we are reading the classics <laughs> when we read them. You know, parents are like, is that a classic? You know, so starting from down our, our youngest grades, we have the little red hen. We have like in fourth grade by the great horn spoon, which ties in California history, which is really mm-hmm. fun. Like older grades, they'll read the great Gatsby. We've got the case from Socrates and Plato. I mean, really just any classic you can think of, we have it. <laughs> What's great too is we have key books that each scholar gets. So each scholar will get two books per grade level. And the idea is if you start with us, you know, from TK and end at 12, or if you start with us in the middle or whenever you start, you will have a full classical library by the time you leave our academy mm. as a, the great books. Mm-hmm. And notice as I, listeners, reading through some of the books that they have listed, uh, unfortunately, some of these books have now been banned in the public school system. And they're truly classic pieces of literature that we all should be receiving education on to continue to broaden out our horizons and see those things. With the academic excellence, Nicole, what is the grading system in John Adams Academy and how, how are scholars assessed? We really are more interested on the feedback part of our grading system. Um, so we do have our grading system. Um, when we first started, it was the traditional ABCD system. Elementary moved to the one, two, three, four system where we're mm-hmm. phrasing it as, you know, three is on grade level, two is approaching, four is above, and one is, oh, we might need some intervention here. I know secondary is moving towards that as well. So that's a big shift. But we did just change our report cards this year. And they do have the still one, two, three, four system, but a lot of it is just feedback. You know, here are the mentors that we have in our classroom. It could be a person that is living today. It could be a person who was in the past, a historical figure, could be a person in a classic book, someone who mentored them in learning really about anything. We give them feedback on, you know, if you got a two in this, you know, here are the reasons why, could be some support that we put in place. We really try to get away from just worksheets. Yes, they don't really have worksheets here, <laughs> but sure, with the yeah, traditional yeah. like worksheets and you know teachers grading all day long. We're really shifting mm-hmm. that thinking to um, a lot of informal, a lot of walking around, a lot of asking the questions, and we're training our teachers that you know your scholars very well, and just have a conversation with those parents. So we do hold them accountable with the grades, mm-hmm. obviously. But we do want to make sure that our grades are productive for the scholars. They're really learning why they got that grade and how they can improve. And then last question, Nicole, is do you know what percentage of your graduates go on to some sort of higher education? And I don't necessarily just mean college. Going to a trade school, learning a skill, you know, do you know what percentage of your graduates go on to receive a higher education on any level outside of the high school? You know, I wish I had the number in front of me. I don't have the actual percentage, but I do know that it is very high. It's very high. And I just assumed that it would be because of the standards which you hold yourselves to and you also hold the scholars to throughout the school. So, listeners, there's a lot of hope out there for our educational system. There are a, a lot of educators like Nicole Durant and uh, educators that I knew who are doing a quality job of trying to educate the students and the future of America. So, Nicole, thank you. 
Thank you for all the teachers that are at the John Adams Academy and for Dr. Foreman and his wife starting the school and what you are doing in the state of California. And I hope that John Adams Academy spring up all over the nation because of how you're teaching and what you're teaching to the children of America. So thank you for coming back today and sharing some information about John Adams Academy and who you are and what you are and what you stand for and how you're educating the kids of America. So thank you for coming. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, Nicole, you know that that I've known Nicole listeners for several years, and she is a very special person, and she is a wonderful educator. So thank you for all that you guys are doing, and hopefully we'll see John Adams Academy springing up all over the nation. So again, Nicole, thank you for coming and sharing with us today. Thank you. It's been my privilege and pleasure to have you. This is 1180 WFYL. We are working for your liberty.